week's episode is brought to you by Support the Mountain's Herbal Parasite Cleanse. This formula targets the small and large intestinal tracts and larvae, the most broad-spectrum formula available today. 100% organic, formulated by Dr. Mikio Sanki, author of the Esoteric Acupuncture Series. For 10% off your first bottle, visit shopyogahub.com and use the coupon code CLEANSE at checkout. Hello and welcome to YHTV's Trinity of Life. Hello, I'm Christina Suzuma, your host for this program. It's a very, very special day today because look who I have with me. <laughs> Dr. Glenn Woolman from Magical Medical Tour is joining me today because it is that much of an exciting day. We have a very special guest and today we are speaking on Tibetan astrology. How blessed are we to enter a new realm of astrology today. What do you think, Dr. Woolman? Well, first of all, I'm happy to be here in your realm. Uh, from all of us on Magical Medical Tour, I'd like to say hello to you. <laughs> <laughs> and to Segovia and all of Yoga Hub. It's great to be here, and this is going to be a great show. I know mm -hmm. that uh, because it's, it's not just astrology, it's also a little bit of medical astrology. It's about health yes. and healing, so that's important to me. And to all of our viewers. Yes, yes. Now, now, truly, it's uh, it's even beyond combinatorial medicine, isn't it? Never, <laughs> never beyond combinatorial. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> Almost got that one. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I guess maybe because it is TOL, I should. Oh yes, it's definitely beyond combinatorial <laughs> medicine. You are right, Christina. <laughs> so today, please join us with our very, very special guest to welcome. Sering Chosen of the Menti Kong uh, organization. It is an institution that uh, began in Tibet, I think, in 1969. 1969. In, in, in Tibet. 1916 in Tibet. And 1961 in uh, India, Dharamsala. Oh, my goodness. So it's been. Three establishments? Like, three establishments? Oh, established, established in India. Yeah, in 1961. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So. So, Tsering, can you tell us a little bit about this organization and what it encompasses? Yeah, in uh, uh, Tibetan Medical and Astrological Institute, it was re-established by His Holiness the 14th Dalai Lama uh, in Dharamsala, India, north, northern India. And, uh, you know, at the time, you know, it was re-established in 1961. You know, they were just... Uh, you know, like, as we all know that um, the situation from every aspect wasn't that uh, sort of, you know, very well developed and, you know, just begin with a very small stuff. And now, you know, we have grown in such a way that uh, we are already with 53 years of the institution and then we have uh, in... Like we have around uh, 56 branches all over India and Nepal, mm. Mm. taking care of uh, the health of or the well-being of the people. Uh, oh, what a blessing! What a blessing! So, so um, we have heard also previously that the the people, the well-being of the people, are the people who don't have access to medical help. Is that correct? Yeah, you know, actually, you know, people, uh, they normally, you know, go with any kind of medication, but, you know, it depends on, you know, individual sort of taste or interest that, you know, we have many people, like, you know, coming to consult our doctors in different clinics all over India and Nepal. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And you are the doctor, the head doctor of astrology at the institution. Uh, in the institute, we have one medical part and one astrological part. So, uh, for the medicine, we have different branches, and and now we have some astro astrologer as well working at uh, different branch clinics. And uh, myself uh, resided in the head office of uh, the Tibetan Medical Astro Institute, where we have the astrological department and. I used to be uh, the in charge of 
the astrological department. Mm. Mm. And so, so it's it's so interesting to me because I didn't realize that there was a Tibetan astrology until today. So that was the first time because you, coming growing up here, I have heard of astrology. I've had astrological readings for, I would assume. In the Western Hemisphere, I do believe that's the, the not the lunar cal- calendar system, but the is that the solar calendar system that the yeah in the West they use the solar calendar, mm-hmm. while in our case we use the solar lunar calendar. You can call it solar lunar because I know the Chinese use the lunar calendar. I don't yeah. I don't believe that they mix the two, uh, but in Tibetan they yeah. have solar and lunar together. Yeah, we use this together because according to uh, the Western calendar, I mean, the, the solar system, they have 365 days mm-hmm. in a year while, you know, like we have, uh, I can call that, you know, 371 or, you know, like when we work this together, then we have, uh, as you say, that after 65 half months, you know, we are going to have one intercalary month. That's an extra month. An extra month. How would you like an extra month in your year? <laughs> well, first, it depends on the year. <laughs> if it's a good year, I love it. <laughs> and the ones that are not as good, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> so, so um, when when I, mean, I really would love to know how you began this. Is this something that you always wanted to do in childhood? Was astrology? Actually, you know, during my childhood, you know, I have been grown up in Tibetan settlement in, Moon, uh, you know, Tibetan settlement Moongod in South India. So I did my schooling there, and uh, soon after, you know, I finished my schooling. You know, there's been an opportunity. You know, actually, at that time, I I do not know anything about astrology. You know, if I tell you the truth, you know, I think that this is the opportunity that really came up, and you know, mm. maybe. There's a lot to do with my karma because, you know, you know that now, you know, I have my husband as an astrologer, my son as well as an astrologer. And so this is really, I consider my karma to be, uh, you know, get into this field and, you know, having studied and worked. uh, Now I have worked for, you know, like more than 25 years in this field. Mm. Um, so when you study, you, you were telling me before that it's a six-year study. Yes. Yeah, we have five years of tutoring and one year of internship. So it is considered six years of studies. Goodness. And, and um, so after you finish, then you are then allowed to see people and help them and work with the medical, uh, the medical doctors as well? No, the thing is that while we... We were studying, uh, you know, together with the study of Tibetan astrology, we can mm-hmm. call as astro science. So we are also taught some medicinal part, you know, in our daily lessons, you know, that we get from our college there. So, you know, we have quite a you know good knowledge from there while you know we were studying, mm-hmm. and then when we graduate, then. Uh, normally, for doctors, they need to go, like, uh, go to other branch clinics. Mm. Maybe not all, but those who are interested more in clinical things, you know, they are going to go to different branches. But uh, at the time I was graduated, there's the chance that you know I can stay there in the institute, work there mm-hmm. by myself. I mean, you know, in a department, particular department meant for the practice of Tibetan astroscience. Hmm. So, so we were told in a previous interview with one of your colleagues that uh, the integration of the astrology is very important with the integration of medicine. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that, like how it integrates together? Yeah, the thing is that you know, when we talk about Tibetan, uh, you know, like we say Menzi Kang or Tibetan Medical and Astro Institute, you know, people really get very much, you know, surprised how these two signs, you know, go mm-hmm. together. Yeah, this has a um, purpose. I mean, like, 
based on our culture and and also based on the system we use medically and astrologically. So, you know, from medical point, whenever they have to do diagnosis, then it is very important to know that, you know, uh, about the changes of the seasons and precise change of the season where medical doctors consider Tibetan astrology, especially when we have this uh, almanac done, you know, mm. there, you know, every seasonal changes is, you know, like the information all will be available in that almanac. And, you know, following that, mm. they know about the seasonal changes and every seasonal changes has to do with the diagnosis. Mm. Yeah, when we talk about the seasonal changes, like during the spring season, we say uh, uh, the liver pulse is predominant, predominating, and summer season, you know, like more the heart pulse, and then with, uh, I should say, lung with the autumn season, and with the kidneys with the winter seasons, and with the four cardinals, you know, stomach and mm. spleen pulse is predominant. Likewise, you know, this is in terms of. Uh, the pulse diagnosis, and when somebody you know has to go for any medication, you know general medication, they go directly to the doctors. But you know, as we have talked earlier, that when the medication doesn't respond, mm. yeah, then they come to the <clears throat> astrology to find out what is the reason behind for such a delay in you know getting really treated. Then, mm-hmm. in that sense, then. Astrologer used to take uh, information from uh, the patient that since mm-hmm. how long they have been, you know, undergoing treatment. Not not a treatment that only relates to Tibetan traditional medicine, but you know, other field of uh, treatment as well. So they come to the astrologer to find out, you know, what mm-hmm. really is the reason behind. Then we try to find out maybe in some extent if they need to really go for certain prayers or remedies which is really necessary in order to get uh, the medication really you know worked for them mm-hmm. so this is another thing and then uh, to get really benefited by the medicine itself so compounding of medicine is very important that you know that that compounding of medicine should be done at the right time and right you know that's why we also look for the you know stars and you know their combination and elemental relation mm-hmm. and so on that you know we get really the right time to do you know all this compounding of medicine to mm-hmm. benefit mm-hmm. them. So, Doctor Woman, you think I might have this, a question? Oh yeah, <laughs> if you don't, I definitely do. But it, what's interesting is you know for yourself, you know, uh, uh, being schooled here in the sciences and allopathic medicine, now we're hearing from an astrologer how her astrology combines with medicine. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I, I think that using the word astrology sometimes, especially in the West, mm. makes us think a whole way of thinking. You know, we have we can look in the paper every day and see our, our astrology. Yes. And it's, so we all have this view of what astrology might be. And clearly that it's on deeper levels. Mm-hmm. For example, a question that I might have, and of course I avoided your question for me, <laughs> <laughs> but I will answer it in a moment. I, I like it. I, I think it's important because as we speak about many times, it's not just the, parts of the body. There's other ways and layers of thinking about how to heal people. There's emotional components. There's, in this case, karmic components and spiritual components. And I think that in Western medicine, we don't look at that as carefully, although a lot more doctors are doing that. But I think to bring something like this into it helps to bring not just the doctor, but also the patient or the client into a sense of you have some responsibility in your own health care. And this points it out. And, and it, 
brings the person into sharing rather than in Western medicine. So often the doctor takes care of the patient, gives them the pills, does the operation, and they just heal or hope that everything works. Whereas in this particular case, it seems more like you have to be part of your own health care. I like that. If I might, I would like to ask you a question. Okay. Is that all right? When you spoke before about the different seasons having an organ, uh, in Western medicine, again, when I hear of the word kidney, I think of the kidney. But in traditional Asian medicine, for example, when they speak of the kidney, it's a whole system. It's not just about the organ, the kidney. So when you're speaking about in this season, it's the lung predominating, are you speaking specifically of the organ? Or are you speaking of this representation of all the things that the lung may bring into someone's healing? I think here in this case, you know, just uh, from my thought, you know, it's more related to that, you know, the element representing the kidney. And, you know, when we talk about kidney with water element, Right. That means that, you know, it's weight cooling and, you know, need, really need to be taken care of with, you know, warm mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. So during uh, winter season, you know, it's going to be very cold, obviously. So because of that, you know, it has a lot of influence on the kidney. Mm -hmm. So what happens in the summer with the kidneys? No, with the summer is okay. Just this is, you know, something that tells about that, you know, just influence on first diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So, so every season represents one of the major organs, <clears throat> and the organs represent many things. Yeah, rather you know, than it just being. Yeah, then yeah, they, you know, they come to say that oh, if you. They are not aware of this kid, uh, say, just for winter, you know, winter season, if they are having the pulse diagnosis, if they are not aware that, you know, that during winter season, kidney pulse is more predominating, they could make confused and make mistaken with, you know, other pulses. So mm -hmm. that's why just to know that, you know, seasonal influence, it has been important. Mm. So, so in your department, are you trained to take the pulses as well? No, we don't do any kind of pulse diagnosis. Mm. Pulse, pulse diagnosis are done just by the doctors. And we are just uh, visited by the patients to know what is really wrong in there. So we do more the reading and guiding work. Even in case of, like, you know, when somebody comes to the astrologer to find out that, oh, whether I should go for a surgery or not, I have a pain here, there, and you know, that kind of question, then we try to find out, oh, maybe it is not a good idea to go for a you know, surgery at this moment. Maybe, you know, you can see later on with the changes, you know, at this moment you are more, you know, required to do this and that stuff, you know, like changes in diet and also, you know, certain remedies related with, you know, reading of uh, scripts and you know, prayers and all this are, you know, considered more, uh, you know, necessary for that particular moment. So that that's very interesting. So, for example, if if I was diagnosed with something very serious, and my doctor says to me that I need surgery within seventy two hours, or I might die, and then I come to see you to have a reading to see if that's true. If, if I should have the surgery today or tomorrow or, or I can wait beyond the 72 hours, um, you would be able to look at my chart and be able to give me the best suggestion yeah, in this event, you know, in terms of very urgency, we might not really, you know, insist that, you know, oh, you should avoid surgery or that kind of stuff. But, you know, we we rather advise that, oh, you know, like we try to figure out whether, you know, whether the surgery is required or not that, you know, we try to figure out. And just in case, you know, if uh, some support of, you know, prayers or remedies is required in order to get that surgery done in a, in a very easy and, you know, meaning, I mean, like, successful way mm -hmm. that we can do. Mm -hmm. 
but you know in terms of urgency we just won't say that you know you should avoid that because this has to do with the life of you know one individual so we don't take such things <clears throat> usually you like to know the hour a person is born yeah, or the sure. time a person is born and where they were born and that helps if somebody does not know that information about themselves, you know, say someone was an orphan, abandoned on some day and finds themselves somewhere, and then they come to you 20 years later but don't know, and you're going to make a, an astrological decision for their health, how do you go about that then? I still can do the reading. You? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, the thing is that, you know, the moment they thought of, you know, really consulting the astrology, astrologer is very important, that very moment that they have decided to come to the astrologer. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. based on that moment, you know, we are going to have complete reading of that person, telling each and everything about that person. Mm -hmm. when, I, when I was born, I don't share things on the <laughs> medical tour, but I'm free to say whatever I want. You are free here. <laughs> free. Uh, for my entire life, my mother told me that I was born at 8 o'clock in the evening in, in New York, and I knew I was born in New York. Um, but after she passed away, I got a copy of my birth certificate. <laughs> and before I say that I what I found out, I had had a number of astrological readings based on what I told her. So when I saw my original birth certificate, I was not born at the time <laughs> that she told me I was. So, does that matter that much? Yeah, actually, you know, when people insist to do the reading based on, you know, individual year, month, day, and time of birth, surely we need the time. But from my experience, you know, that I come across many people, you know, asking, you know, for a reading without having, you know, like your time of birth. So I have to think over, and now, you know, I have uh, figured out that, you know, even the time that person really thought of coming to you know the astrologer for the reading that desire and excitement that really has to do with the reading and you know really comes up well interesting that's really interesting so so it it's it almost sounds like when the person is aligned to yeah. to and open to the information that you will be able to process the information. It's I I really like that because because I think I have encountered the same kind of astrology readings which they have to have your birthday they have to have your time and I'm going but I was born in Hong Kong do you take that into consideration I was born in a different time zone is that taken into consideration I had so many questions about that and. So often it's like, well, because of this planet is here and here and here, this is who and what you are. And I look and go, really? <laughs> you know, it's it's very interesting. It's almost like a very linear outlook of of what the reading was. Very linear, like like if this is point A and point B, this equals C. But what I'm hearing from you is that. In the Tibetan astrology, there is really nothing so linear, like so set in place. Yeah, normally, you know, what in uh, what is said in our in our astrological text is that you know there are a number of things to be considered, but you know there are a lot of things, you know, a lot of steps out there. But what is important is that you know you really need to use your wisdom, and you really need to you know figure out what is going to go the situation you know we just can't take everything out you know like there are a number of things and number of texts you know say different things yeah, mm. in general so we can just you know, pick what is really you know use our wisdom or intelligence to do so in this regard that is really very relevant that's the part i like about this it seems like it goes away from the newspaper yes. uh, version of astrology to someone who is using wisdom and intelligence, as you say. Yeah, and also, like, you know, when we talk about you know, Tibetan astrology, 
know, not just Tibetan astrology, astrology in general. You know, people say that oh, this is superstitious stuff, mm. and you know they don't believe in all this. And some who believe a little bit in this, you know, they you know start saying that oh, I don't want to be in more worry or trouble. You know, getting information that oh, I'm not going to live long, or I will have some trouble there, here, there. You know, so. I've been telling them that this is really untrue. You know, we are not telling any kind of or giving any kind of information from astrological perspective that oh, you are going to suffer and you have to face that. You know, we mm. never said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what we, you know, like really, you know, do is that to benefit others and to help others to get rid of you know difficulty or problems. This is. Not our sort of, you know, aim or objective to trouble people mm. or, you know, let people in doubt or, you know, let people suffer in this, you know, suffering world, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if um, someone were to come to you, um, does it matter how old, how, the age, could it be a child, could it be an elder, does it matter? Yeah, age doesn't matter, but, you know, in uh, most of the Tibetan cases, they have, you know, parents coming forward to a child, you know, even, you know, like, just uh, a day old or, you know, something like that, mm. you know, just to get the reading in order to, you know, find out how your child is going to be. But in the West, we have more, like, you know, more elderly people, but... You know, it has been much easier for us, you know, like since they don't know much about Tibetan astrology and astrology in general, you know, it has been easier because, you know, when we give in information to them that, oh, that had happened in your life, you know, during that period, mm-hmm. then they realize that, oh, you know, whatever information I'm going to give to them in future, that is going to happen because they have just noticed from their past experiences that, You know, everything had happened in the way that, you know, I have told. So mm-hmm. so it's a lot easier for them to trust on, you know, for their future. So so if, if someone comes and has a chart done, uh, like a life chart done, let's just say today I have my life chart done, and then in 10 years I see you again, or five years I see you again, does that chart change? Uh it doesn't change, and uh, the calculation doesn't change. But what has been said in the chart that we are we met now. Mm-hmm. So in the chart, you know, I have told you that during certain time you are going to have a difficult time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm also giving you remedies to get rid of that. So you know, during that particular time, you you know, before you enter that particular period, you know, difficult period, you are going to do all the remedies, prayers or whatever, you know, given. So you are going to follow that and you are going to do all that before you really get into that difficult period. Mm-hmm. If you have done that really in the way that has been suggested, then when we meet during that particular difficult period, you will come to tell me that, oh, you know, I did all the remedies and with this difficult period, I don't suffer at all because mm-hmm. you have already done what you have to do it. So it's going to be really, you know, very helpful to do all the remedies beforehand. Mm. Not just interesting because any time I've encountered an astrology chart, is it was given to me. But it was never, and it was told this is a difficult period. But I was never told how to fix it. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Your experience? Uh, I've never had somebody interpreted in those ways. They gave me the information, and uh, I because I never really asked for anything. I was just curious about yes. all of it. I wasn't. Uh, asking for a question. I didn't have to make a decision about something. And uh, so I never got interpretations or guidance in those respects, except 
little things like be careful right now about don't do something financial or don't make a big decision or something like that. Um, but I just had my chart. I, I wonder, in your studies, I looked at the uh, Men Sikong Institute, and it's astronomy and astrology. Is that correct? Yeah, we call it astro-science, so astrology and astronomy. So in astronomy, I'm curious about this. In our science, at some point a few years ago, the astronomers said that a planet that existed that we've all learned about, Pluto, for example, was a planet that we all memorized and learned. And then we find out from the astronomers that it's not necessarily a planet anymore. Does that change anything in astrology you know uh, you know what is what is different you know you know uh, in a system or tradition is that you know in our text so they might have not said anything about Pluto because you know uh, in our uh, major uses of the planet we use up to Saturn I don't understand that so, so up to Saturn. Yeah, oh, up to okay. Saturn. So you know, other three planets. You so know, the next like three, Uranus, Uranus, yeah, Uranus Neptune, 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 and Pluto. We say that it is a little too far away from us to ah, keep uh, you to know. influence. Oh, ah. This is you know, this is just our consideration. Oh, good. I feel better now. <laughs> <laughs> now they just ruined all the other Western charts. <laughs> I have another question. This is a little more social. You mentioned a little while ago that you're an astrologer, your husband is an astrologer, and your son is an astrologer. Do you ever have, who wins in the argument using which stars and planets when you try to prove something? Hey, mom, I want to go do this. Oh, no, you can't. You know, because the stars don't, oh, no, my stars say it. Do you ever have these kind of discussions among each other in your family? No, we, we go equally well together so we have no any major contradiction or anything like that you know quite go quite well with you know such discussion so and especially you know uh, my son you know being a younger generation people so it's very intelligent and <laughs> it's very well in that so no any major <laughs> Well, your son now is a lecturer at the university, you were saying. Yeah, a lecturer at the Tibetan Medical and Astro College. Oh, yeah. Tibetan College. Medical and Astro College. We have the Institute, Tibetan Medical and Astro Institute, and Tibetan Medical and Astro College. So mm -hmm. where we studied. Mm -hmm. So he lectures now. He lectures now um, for the astrology students. That's amazing. <laughs> so... Um, if if uh, I, I had also heard that for reading, people can have readings for themselves. People can also have readings like in the, I know in the Chinese astrology, uh, that if we go, we can say, you know, ask questions like, when is a good time to get married? What is a good year to have a child? Um, and, and questions like that, away from just our path. Is it the same with the Tibetan astrology? No, one can come up with any question. Any, you know, in terms of decision making, you know, one can come there whether this decision is going to be the right one or which one should be directing in, you know, one's life, you know, toward which field and, you know, even, you know, movement of houses, moving houses mm -hmm. from one to another and making choices among different, you know, locations and, you know. Of course, you know, we deal with, um, you know, favorable days for, you know, doing marital ceremony and other ceremonies. So you can come for anything. So I'm curious. It's uh, in the means of, uh, you know, that the, I know with uh, the Ayurvedic world, they have their astrology as well. Ayurvedic yeah. astrology. Yes. Um, is there similarity in the two? Yeah, there are some similarities. Mm -hmm. 
in terms of using the planet, you know, they also, I think, you know, in uh, in the traditional way, they use nine planets, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. we are using now. Oh, also nine planets. Yeah. And also the solar and lunar system? Uh, I don't know if that they mm-hmm. might not be using, maybe a little bit different, but in terms of using the planet and in terms of, uh, I should mm-hmm. say, the constellations and all, same. Now they also have uh, an area, and I don't know if it falls under astrology, I don't know if you know, but it's like the Chinese feng shui, mm-hmm. the geomancy. Mm-hmm. Does it does your form also, which is like uh, like in your home, which direction it should face? Should it face north, south, east, or west? Uh, should you um, put your table on a certain area of the room? Does your science also encompass that area? Yeah, that also, uh, you know, exists there in our system as well. Mm-hmm. Part of the astrology department? Yeah. Yeah, we we try to figure out, you know, we suppose that there is an, uh, we call as Lumo, the a Naga. So we are going to face, fix that according to the position of uh, the planet and, you know, degrees and different zodiac and then you know there's a particular part you know just uh, especially in terms of you know like when we go for uh, a construction major construction construction of a, uh, I should say that you know a huge sort of um, temple or it can have any anything you know like so for that, we need to construct, and for the construction, it is very important to know the first spot where we are going to dig it mm-hmm. for the digging. Then you know, with the help of you know having adjusted that, uh, depending on the position of mm-hmm. the planet, then here near the armpit, we we have a special place where we can start digging at, and we can also make experiment that you know how that palace or that you know, particular, uh, you know, the building that we are going to construct is going to be, you know, there we can judge. Hmm. You know, wow. sometimes different stuff comes out. So with the quality or the thing, there we can, you know, we can also, like, this is the spot where we can back for the land hmm. to take out. You've been practicing astrology for how long? Just 25 years. Just 25 years? Just. just. So (laughs) I wonder if in your 25 years, looking back, you would share with us maybe one or two experiences that you felt were really unique, working with someone that made a difference in a very special way. You know, the thing is that, you know, uh, I have been working with, uh, you know, preparing almanacs, calendars, and so on. And besides that, you know, I worked a lot with the people because uh, since I have been giving uh, lectures for non, uh, you know, Tibetans, for, you know, different courses that, you know, that were held in our institute itself. And also I have been visiting number of uh countries i can say that uh since 19 i should say 95 so mm-hmm. i have visited many countries in europe and japan and australia and and visiting now the second time to us so i have been doing most of the time you know lecturing and doing exhibition on tibetan medicine astrology and especially doing the consultation and you know, when we were doing consultation uh, in Tibetan astroscience, before people just used to do uh, the reading in a written form. In a what? In most in written form. Oh, written. In written form. And when I first went to my tour, and to, uh, I should say, I have begun my tour in 1995, uh, tour to U.S., and since I have to deal with number of people, you know, I just 
can't keep writing all the time. So I also have to be, you know, like with the time. Yeah. So I have started doing this oral consultation. So I meet people and do my calculation and then, you know, meet people, you know, telling all the information, you know, verbally, not written. So that has been a kind of, you know, like thing that, you know, I have faced has been quite challenging as well you know this has not been the system in you know our tradition before hmm. so, it's almost like in medicine where we now have very little time to see the patient that we used to so you're having to compress things in a way is that what you're saying and you're not writing as much you're speaking more with them rather than doing the written you know if i will be writing all this you know i will have just time for one person to deal with you know when I'm traveling, I have to go with number of people, and I really, you know, my purpose is to get really, you know, all these people satisfied and benefited. So I just can't just, you know, taking, you know, like such long time with, you know, just one people. So I have to find, figure out that which is the right and the faster, faster way to really, you know, get things done. So from that moment now i have been working with the people for many years and i think that you know what i have been doing i think that many people quite satisfied and get benefited so i really enjoy doing the consultation mm. do you have to be in the same room as someone when you are doing the consultation and, uh, the person who is consulting yes and not necessarily, even people don't, you know, really exist here. I mean, you know, being in a, some other place is also okay. Not necessarily mm -hmm. that, you know, they have to be face to face. Mm -hmm. And if I came in, let's just say, to say, oh, will you do a reading for me, not for myself, but for Glenn? Yeah, you can do that, sure. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. We have a little issue with confidentiality here in the U.S. <laughs> I wonder if HIPAA yes. falls under astrology. Oh, oh, but I can see. I, I understand now because sometimes it's the marriage, right? The relationship. Yeah. If people are compatible, so so. Ah. <laughs> have you ever have you ever done a astrology on someone in the uterus before they before they're born? Normally, we don't do that. Because, you know, if we try to do that, then, you know, that, that person yet has to be born. And just in case, you know, if somebody is really interested, then, you know, uh, we can base that particular moment of time that, you know, one consult for the reading. Mm -hmm. But normally we don't do that. We only do that. Uh, we, you know, according to us, we always say is that, you know, the time for that when the pot is cut, that particular moment is very important. You know, we always not note down the time when the cord is cut. Right? When the cord is cut. cut yeah. So it's not when you're born. It's actually when the cord is cut. The best thing is when the cord is cut because, you know, the child is going to be independent from, you know, yeah. his or her mother. So this is very interesting. Now I have a, a question towards that. My son was born but we never cut the cord. Mm -hmm. He was born, and I placed the, it's called the lotus birth, where yeah. the placenta is placed in the bowl, and the umbilical cord is allowed to collapse on its own. So it dries, and, and then it, it almost detaches itself, but it's almost 24 to 36 hours later. So because we never cut it, it is the is it the time that it collapses and dries, uh -huh. or the time that it actually comes off? No, uh, the main connection with the mother is cut or is still there. That is it's, important. It's so because uh, in the teachings that I had come from, the the, the placenta uh -huh. is considered the mother. Uh -huh. Yes, okay. and so when you cut the cord. That's the severing from the mother, yeah. not yeah. me yeah. as the physical mother, but uh -huh. the placenta. Uh -huh. But we never cut it. It was when 
it collapsed on his own. And it is said that the, the child's choice of when to separate, that's when it will dry and fall. So I'm curious. So, so would I calculate from the time that, that, you know, that broke because we never cut. Okay. That, I mean, you know, like this is, uh, I'm hearing for the first time. So (laughs) stick around. (laughs) So, you know, normally we say that, you know, like we consider the time when the cord is cut and, like most of the time we have people coming with, you know, their time of birth, you know, that might be, you know, mm. a different level, maybe from the cortis card or from when, you know, the child is born. So that can be of any, but if there is not a, a major sort of time difference, then that can be okay. But, you know, if this is a case of, say, one several day. hours. Oh, then, one day. Yeah. A whole 20, maybe 26, 20, about 30 hours difference. Yeah, yes, then I are. think that, you know, that particular time when the court, you know, really, you know, fallen down, I think mm-hmm. that would be the nice, at the right time. Oh, that's interesting. Yes, I also have never really experienced that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because usually when we're doing the delivery, we're cutting the cord. And that, that moment really does separate. The child actually is born. And independent, because, yeah. Right, and independent, I guess is a better way, rather yeah. than being produced uh yeah it's interesting i had never even thought of that before but everything is starting to make sense now to me (laughs) yes well well the teachings work because when the child has been connected to the placenta though it's been in the mother's womb the child's been connected to the placenta the placenta is what's been feeding the child so that is the mother for the nine months or however many months maybe seven but it is connected so so the placenta is honored as the mother of the child. And when the child is born, it's already uh, the transition of birth is so, uh, uh, so I don't want to say difficult on the child, but it's such a, a very yeah. powerful energetic transition that to sever from the mother right after is like, one form of independence where you're coming out, being birthed, and then to have the mother severed from you immediately, it's like that detachment. um, In the teachings that that I had learned from some of my elders, which is indigenous culture, is the old, you know, tribal indigenous culture, is that you want to honor the being that has been born, but you want to also honor the mother, the placenta that's formed and has fed and nourished this child for this long. So it is the child's choice of when the umbilical cord collapses. So it is truly independent then of that yeah. child's uh, readiness to step forward into this world. Yeah, this is really very interesting. Yes, yeah. yes. So hmm, maybe I should have a reading done for <laughs> and give you both times and see yeah. if it makes Did a difference. Did you save the placenta? I mean, is yes. it somewhere in your house? Yeah, um, the, the placenta, the cord, actually I kept and, and I shaped it into a heart. Aww. I shaped it into a heart and I've saved it dried into a heart, the cord itself. The placenta, um, we call placenta medicine. So we uh, f- um, dehydrated the placenta. We sliced it, we dehydrated it, and so now it's thin wafers. And whenever there's a, a major illness, you crumble the, or not a major illness, if, if there's something that, a lot of discomfort, you crumble the placenta, the dry placenta, into the food and you mix it in. Mm-hmm. And you feed it back to the child to give that, that energetic strength mm-hmm. of when the child was developing. So it's like you're feeding the cells back to help rebalance and nourish. Yeah, in terms of cord, you know, when the cord is cut, that, you know, that we dry them and we keep as an amulet, you know, for the child normally. Mm-hmm. And then whenever there's some, you know, any kind of trouble, like, you know, sometimes mouth problem, you know, we have, you know, they suffer, you know, the child has, you know, trouble with mouth, then we, we can use this as a, 
Oh, when when the child is teething, like when the teeth are coming out and it's painful. Or? Yeah, not really with the teeth. Sometimes you know, trouble with the mouth. You know, we get some you know like mouth sick. Yeah, huh. so you can use that. You know, as a really and and so you keep it for yeah, the lifetime keep, of the yeah, child. Yeah, we keep you know as an amulet normally. You know, oh, that's interesting. So when you use it, you rub it. No, you, we can just you know rub it. New medicine. New medicine. <laughs> That's fascinating. That's fascinating. Mm. I had uh, another question, but now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, in medicine, we're always trying to do things scientifically, and we look at things and we have an idea of what's right. And then over time, we relook at it and relook at it, and sometimes it stays, and sometimes it changes, and we make changes in our beliefs in how we practice medicine. Is there anything like that in astrology? So is a person that studied it many, many, many years ago learning the exact same? Or is there anything that, that's changed in astrology as you learn more about everything? Is that I a, don't get you okay. exactly. <clears throat> is when you look at what you learn, yeah, is there anything that gets questioned over time by newer astrologers that think things differently and might interpret something differently to where you say, okay, now we're going to, this is the way we need to think of it. Maybe I'm not asking the question correctly, but I'm trying to say or ask, does, it change? does astrology change? Will it ever change? Are there things that you can learn tomorrow that might say, whoa, we, we've been thinking this all along, but it's apparent that we should be thinking this way. It's like in medicine, sometimes we'll say, this is a good drug for this, and then we'll learn later on that it isn't, and we'll stop using it. I think that, that kind of thing might not happen. But, you know, we can come to learn of, you know, other more information and more, uh, you know, like... Um, more in a sense that, you know, more new planet may come in or stars and so on, but, you know, what had been in the past is going to proceed with that. So I don't think there will be any major, you know, such major changes that, you know, oh, that has never been that, in that sense. Yeah, I don't think that such really, you know. So stand. what you learned 25, 30 years ago, is exactly yeah. what your son has learned. Yeah, same thing he has learned. And there's no, with him in discussions with you, there's there's nothing that he might see or see the change because as the world continues to evolve and people continue to evolve and changes take place on the planet with beings, it does not shift the astrology. Yeah, uh, to, to traditionally, you know, what he has to learn, he's going to learn from that. And together with that, he can also have information from other, uh, I should say, astronomy and astrology, you know, mm -hmm. in addition to what he has learned from, you know, what I have learned. How do you remain objective? In... in Let's say you're trying to do a reading and you see something uh, and you're not sure. Maybe it was a bad day for you. Maybe something in your astrology was a day that maybe you shouldn't have done a reading. And But you have to do a reading because you're on your tour and somebody has come to see you and you're going to do a reading on them. How do you remain, step out of yourself and do the reading and be completely objective about it? Yeah, the thing is that, you know, whenever I have uh, the feeling that, oh, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, I don't get that feeling. Sometimes I get feeling that, oh, you know, today I should be more careful. Mm -hmm. So normally, you know, before we do, you know, all this reading, we always have, you know, some prayers or, you know, something that, you know, we normally practice so that, you know, really helps to balance everything together with our, you know, experience and knowledge. So 
so so if I were to come to you for a reading and there are would you also if you saw what you did see uh, to circumvent certain situations you were saying earlier that you would give prayers you would you would suggest certain things to do so these prayers I'm assuming are in Tibetan yeah, you know, the uh, prayers, uh, you know, like normally, you know, we have uh, certain remedies. So the uh, the remedies which has to relate with prayers are, you know, of course, you know, Tibetan prayers. Mm-hmm. So how would I, as an English speaker, be able to learn these remedies because they're in Tibetan? You know, the thing is that, you know, we... We, we do not give prayers for each and every person, mm. you know. Prayers has to be like, you know, according to their sort of, you know, interest or taste. If they said that, oh, I'm, uh, you know, believer in Buddhism and I like to do this reading, I mean, you know, like reading mm. of prayers and so on, then, you know, one can just, you know, request that prayer to a monastery really to, you know, have that read. But, you know, not necessarily that that individual has to do it. So it, you know, it is also a matter of you know being belief in that. Mm-hmm. But for non-believer, we normally you know give other remedies. In case of you know life danger, we suggest people to save life of animals or other beings. Or instead of health problem, we say that to help sick people, especially to get rid of their own health problems. Mm-hmm. And instead of, you know, like lacking of success and, you know, being failure in their sort of, you know, aims or objective, we suggest them to hang some prayer flags or, you know, help people in trouble so that you can get rid of, you know, mm. your own trouble. What goes around comes around. Sometimes when people go to a, a doctor, they have a preconceived opinion of what they want to happen. And the doctor gives an opinion, and it might not be the opinion that they like, so they look for a second opinion. Does that ever happen in astrology? Or do you ever suggest that someone see someone else for a second opinion? Yeah, you know, we normally, we we also say that, you know, from my calculation, you know, it is going to come up like this, you know, in terms of decision making, Mm -hmm. you know, especially, you know, that very urgent and important one. From my experience and from my astrology, this thing is going to happen. It shows like this. But just in case if you want to seek other advices, you can go to other astrologers or some higher lamas or whosoever that you really consider as the right person to go for that. So I also used to do, you know, give. But, you know, it depends. As some people, you know, they just come... And they say that whatever you say, I really believe in that. So for such, we don't give any second option. You know, they they might don't feel it. You know, very comfortable when we say of you know, really not being confident. You know, but those who are interested, some people they say that oh, you know, I did divination or you know, I just you know went to somebody else for, you know, such thing. But I need, I want to make sure that, you know, what it's going to say. Yeah? For such, we are going to just, you know, let him or her know that from my calculation, it shows this and that. So you just compare with, you know, what you had from other place. And then you just, you know, try to figure out which you should be going. Mm. So in the, in this way we can We're coming to the top of our hour now. Do you have any other questions that you'd like to ask? Mm-hmm. No, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just have to have you back or I'll have to come back on TOL again. No, we're just going over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're welcome to come there and you'll enjoy really mm. the place where we are <clears throat> I should say that we are institute is it's really Dharamsala, a nice place and and top of all we have the His Holiness here, you know, blessing all the time. Mm. Yes, you know. So 
Um, is there any advice that you would give people um, who do or don't come to you? Because you've, you've done so many readings in your time. Is there any advice that you can share with us that people should be aware of or conscious of in their life? Yeah, I should say that, you know, I, I have seen many people up to now in my ex I mean, uh, experience of 25 years and you know, like in most of the time, you know, you know, especially talking about people in terms of, you know, family, I see that, you know, in terms of relationship, most of the trouble they have is, you know, because of not having enough time to, you know, be together. So I think, you know, this is what I said, you know, like, like to suggest them to have enough time spent together so that you have a better relationship life so that, you know, they can have each and every decision in life really goes well. Thank you so much. Do we have much. time for another yes. question? Oh, sure. Oh, good. We'll make it to you. Oh, thank, you. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm curious, could you do an astrological reading, for example, on a country? Like let's talk about the United States of America. We know when it was born. We know where it was born, right? Yeah, this is important, yeah. Could you do a chart on the United States and give an astrological reading to give us information that might be beneficial to our health? Yeah, in general, like, you know, we need a state, time, and place of birth. So that can be an individual, that can be a nation. And, you know, sometimes... I. I obviously said that, you know, India was born, you know, mm -hmm. in 1957 and, you know, like, in 1947, you know, their Independence Day and, um, what was one? Uh, the 2nd October, no, not 2nd October. So, you know, based on, you know, I'm sorry for not, you yeah. know, being able to, yeah. But based on, you know, date, time, and place, I mean, uh, here I might not say about the place, but uh, date, time, and year, you know, we can calculate that for any, mm. for a nation or for individual. Mm. So do you have any advice for our country? <laughs> I have not done the chat yet. <laughs> Tomorrow. No, <laughs> tonight, later. <laughs> That's great. Good answer. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Sitting. It's You're wonderful to have you on our show and have you honor our communities and the global community of being here and sharing your expertise with us. And hopefully when you go back that we can also uh, do some more with you through Skype. Okay. That would be wonderful to keep up and maybe even your family. <laughs> Thank yeah, thank you. you very much for the opportunity. I enjoy very much here, and you know it has been really great. Wonderful, and thank you, Dr. Glenn Wallman, for joining Trinity of Life today. I knew you couldn't resist, could you? Really? really? <laughs> I may do this always now. Oh, there you go. I'm okay. addicted. Okay, that's it. <laughs> I'm taking some time off then. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, thank you to Segovia Smith and the Yoga Hub team for making this all possible. This was quite an event. And uh, as well as all of you for joining us in this new platform of information and education. You know, we are always grateful for your support and we would love to receive your feedback and suggestions. So please don't be shy and continue to contact us. Now, at the bottom of the site, you will see that we have a link to um, uh, sitting. Uh, Sering Chosum's uh, site of the mensihang.org, that institute. And we really encourage you to learn more about this institute. They're doing such magnificent work for the communities there in India and Nepal. And uh, we encourage your support, of course. And on their site, you can learn about the organization. And you can also be able to view their many products. They have a large line of books as well as some herbs and products as well uh, that they have and we really encourage that and they do have a book on tibetan astrology 
So anyone who is interested in this, and how could you not be after this show? Please do uh, check that out on their website. So until next time, again, we look forward to your comments, suggestions, and questions. You can do that by scrolling down on the site and, and typing it into the comment box or giving us a call at 818-LET'S-TALK. 818-LET'S-TALK. Please don't be shy. Give us a call. Until next time, thank you for joining us. Namaste. How Tibetan medicine talk about the origin or the cause or the source of human body is, human mind is. Because in school medicine, you say where your body comes from, the zygoid, the sperm, the ovum, and all this thing. But when we trace and when we try to look into where your mind comes from, then you're lost. <laughs> so we tell, them clearly, we tell them clearly how Tibetan medicine tells where you are born, how your physical body comes from the previous continent. 